0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Something Something podcast. My name is Eric Kasloff, and with me, as always, is Larry Sands. How's it going, Larry?
1: You know, everything is perfect, Eric. Oddly enough, it is perfect. Everything is great. The The skies are blue. It's not super cold, so it's good, you know?
0: Yeah, you know, it's not, we're not having that cold a weather here in Jersey right now. It is only 51 degrees. Which, for what we've had the past few days oh my god um a few like maybe last week yeah it was so cold when i went to walk rogers it felt like the wind when you walked into it was cutting your face
1: good god gotcha. yeah
0: not fun at all all but today things are good, you know. I'm very relaxed right now. Good. As stuff with the movies are going well, editing's going well, good. getting into the second draft, touching up some of the stuff for the new script. Yeah. Uh things with smells like Teen Horror, the YouTube channel is going really well. Uh good. me and Dylan just recorded a commentary track for a horrible movie <laughs> that everybody needs to watch. Um called amityville the final chapter which has nothing to do with the amityville horror it was originally titled sickle but because amityville is a very popular thing in horror the director changed the name (laughs) which is is
1: brilliant it's it's i mean that's the greatest thing ever that's brilliant
0: it's a painful movie to watch it will make you feel better about yourself as a person
1: that's good that's good hey Eric, have have I told you like how much I really like Harry Styles?
0: Yeah, you have. Oddly I... enough, repeatedly, <laughs> while I'm sleeping, calling me, reading me your <laughs> Harry Styles fan fiction. <laughs> I might start <laughs> writing, writing Harry Star- Styles and fan you can't fiction. See this, and our guest will see this too when she gets on. He's wearing a Harry Styles t shirt. It's pretty disturbing. <laughs> You know
1: okay so like you know like a couple weeks ago right me and Megan we went to me and my daughter went to see Harry Styles um and I had seen him before in One Direction but and I think this is relevant with you're going to see where I'm going with this with our guest but Harry Styles I kid you not is probably and I told you this Guns and Roses I've seen Guns and Roses numerous times I've seen Metallica right <laughs> he is up there with those guys because he's great um he's almost he he feels like uh almost like elton john he's That's a really good Comparing
0: him to uh again to me elton john is a is goat level right i don't know if i would put harry styles near him yet Ooh. but style what No pun put intended i get what you mean i Hey, you know, Larry, he's kind of a double threat kind of person in the entertainment industry. And yes, those to me are like my favorites. I mean, Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders were two of my favorite athletes, two sports people. And yes, our guest today is a double threat. And also, I got to say this, what I dig is she has done a horror movie in the past, but also a Hallmark style movie and you know I'm the the anomaly because I live for slasher movies 99% of the time and 1% <laughs> of the time I love Hallmark movies that, that that's so very true tell everybody more about our guest
1: well not only is she uh uh she's a triple she's like a uh what do you call a five threat a, a five fripple threat? a quad no that's four a, a quad a fripple a fripple yes. threat who knows but um, uh, our guest for this episode is she's an actress, she's a dancer, she's a singer songwriter. And if that wasn't like crazy enough because if you're into these things and you're trying to 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 pursue those dreams, she has like a real job, and she's a therapist, yeah. <laughs> which is really cool so um, uh, Lizzie. Lizzie Small, thank you for being on the show today.
2: Thank you for having me. Hello. Hello.
1: Thank you
0: so much for coming on.
2: Absolutely.
1: So I, the first thing that I like started to find was, and obviously you've been in a lot of stuff as an actress, which is absolutely amazing. But automatically I was like, oh, she's a singer songwriter. Yeah. That's super cool. That's super cool.
2: I, what, I I love it.
1: You know that that's the thing is what came first? Was it was it dancing or acting or singing?
2: Yeah. I think that's an interesting question because from the time I was a little kid, I remember just loving it all. Like I loved to put on shows in my living room and put a costume on and choreograph a dance and sing or act out some scene I created with my friends. Um, So I think that intersection was always there, but I will say growing up dancing, which is what I kind of initially started with um, that really developed my love and appreciation of music because as a dancer, you know, you're getting so deeply acquainted with a song through movement, really feeling it in your body, that it made me appreciate every little sound component to a song and rhythm and all of those things. And I think it deepened my connection for music, as well as my dad, you know, he's a businessman, but he's an incredible musician, which, um, not a lot of people know, Uh and he always played guitar and piano growing up. And so I'd come ho- or he'd come home after work and I'd come home from dance and school and he would be playing a song on the piano and I'd join him and sing him. So it was kind of always this intermingled world for me.
1: That's very cool. That's awesome. very cool. I can I can see that in. OK, admittedly, I'm not a dancer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm sure. I'm sure you have some moves.
1: Oh man, you should see me do the worm. <laughs>
0: well, my dad was an award-winning dancer. This is no joke. He wow. did. He did a lot of West Coast swing, hustle, right. modern ballroom stuff. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's awesome! I love swing, and that's kind of a rare style for West Coast to swing, well. to be West precise. Coast. Which Not is I a d-
0: there is a difference. Yes. Really. Yes. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh. Is it okay? So since you brought it up is it more swingy is it more what it what what makes it west coast
0: yeah i mean you yeah. take that one away i don't it, know it, it's it's a bit faster okay than the regular swing music which would be east coast swing it's a bit faster the music wise and movements wow, wow. Yeah.
1: i can only imagine Jeez, hey yeah. but you know like i know when you and this is the thing about, I love music and I probably, this is why I really like Harry Styles, but <laughs> the artistic like freedom that you get when you create a song, because a movie, a movie's a movie, right? You write it. And I don't think it's the same process, but it's the same feeling because it's the creative, right? Mm-hmm. But with a song, you can set and you can close your eyes and you can let that like, go throughout you know it'll take you it's like when you do meditation right you can sit yeah. and listen to meditation or do a song um I like that
2: comparison. yeah yeah
1: yeah and and so i dig that um what kind of okay well let me ask you this how mm-hmm. long have you been writing and when did you what do you what do you play
2: mm-hmm. so actually writing music has I think that started sometime in high school. So it was kind of a little bit later on. I always sang kind of from the time I was like eight, Um, but actually attempting to write my own music. And I I probably wrote terrible songs at the beginning um, (laughs) was yeah, more into like late middle school, high school. Um, And then more seriously in college was when I was like, okay, I'm going to really do this or, or kind of senior year, of high school going into college was like my first real working with producers in the industry yeah. and other writers. Um, so yeah, the other question you asked about instruments, well, uh, I have been trying to get better at guitar cause it's actually not my main instrument. Um, but I've been working on that. My, my original instrument that I started with was piano. Um, so that's kind of my home base. And then I like to play ukulele sometimes and, okay, um, cool. you know, mix in little things here and there when I can. That's
1: very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, who was your inspiration to start with and has it evolved?
2: Yeah. I mean, to be honest, growing up, I listened to a lot of classics. Like I, I listened to a lot of Whitney Houston growing up um, and kind of things of that vein. And then later on, like Alicia Keys, kind of this R&B soul influenced music with these people with big voices, Um, you know, so that was kind of where it began. And then also on the other end of the spectrum, like, my family, we'd listen to like the Wicked soundtrack and like Broadway and All classical right. music. I grew up going to the symphony a lot because my grandparents were very, very musical, very into music. Um, they sang opera and my grandma played the cello. And so there was like a deep appreciation for classical music in my family and doing ballet from a young age. Also, I kind of had an appreciation for, it, although that's not the music I currently make, but yeah. I think just, you know, getting inspired from all the different genres and, um, and being influenced by them is really interesting.
1: That's very cool. That's because mm-hmm. I think when you, when you are, maybe this maybe be too broad, but I think when you're into music, you're mm-hmm. into almost every aspect, I think. Oh, of for music. Sure. You don't, you don't really go, oh, I don't like that music. I mean, you may, but, but, right. but you can, you can listen to it and go, okay, I dig that. Not my jam, but I dig it. Right. Right. It's the
0: whole thing of a good song is a good song, no matter how you put it. You know, like, again, my favorite band is Blink-182. So Mm -hmm. I do Mm -hmm. not have the greatest taste in music. I'll admit that. But (laughs) I could appreciate, you know, Alicia Keys stuff and every other genre of music. Because if the artist is being true, then you're Mm going to connect with it on
2: some aspect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that
1: yeah yeah yeah
2: Yeah. absolutely
1: what okay so maybe this is part maybe maybe this is be a good because and I don't want to section off but I think since we're talking about like music and stuff um and I know you have like some stuff on SoundCloud right
2: yeah, I do have a song on Spotify. I kind of took a pause with that because I got more into the songwriting side of things. So writing for other artists and for kind of sync in um, licensing placements for TV and film. But cool. I am planning to release another song very soon on Spotify and really? Apple Music and all of that. So
1: Very cool. So yeah. so, so if I go on Spotify and yeah. type in Lizzie Small.
2: yes. That'd you'll be... find you'll find a song yeah okay. one. but there's much much more in the vault that I've kept yeah. for a long time but that's cool slowly. Yeah.
1: yeah you know what and and I think that's the thing too is is it's not just one it's the beginning right of of putting it up and getting it out I think and and right there's there, been like
2: probably 50 songs before that one that I've yeah. like you know worked yeah. through experimented with to find a sound yeah
1: yeah yeah you know that's the thing and eric and i talk a lot about this is is once all it takes is one to get the ball rolling right yeah and then and then all of a sudden it's like oh i should do that again oh, i should <laughs> yeah. do that again right right so that's good i don't have any music up on spotify so that's good <laughs>
2: That's awesome. Well, I'd love to hear it if you did. So,
0: oh, oh, oh well okay. <laughs> pretty sure you can get the old Delta Nine stuff on there, don't you? Yeah, that would be. So cool. yourself yeah. short, you know. You played in a pretty cool band. Yeah, hey, yeah.
2: I want to hear this.
1: Yeah, you yeah. It's later. I would. Yeah, it was pretty cool. We're. Uh, awesome. Let's see. When was that, Eric? Late nineties? No, no, in early 2000s. Two
0: thousands. Okay. I know 2000s. more. I know more about your career than I, you do. <laughs> <know. laughs> I You're know. his publicist, I, 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 <laughs> right? Yeah,
1: right. Actually, it, and this is a good Lizzie. Where have you played in Los Angeles? Because I love yeah. like like talking about like places that that artists have been in.
2: Yeah. So some of my favorite places that I played were Hotel Cafe, of course, because it's so iconic um, and just such an intimate vibe in there. Feels very music forward yeah
1: now for people that that aren't familiar yeah um where is it located mm-hmm. in hot in like los angeles
2: yeah so it's in hollywood it's been there i should probably know more about this i didn't study up on my hotel cafe. <laughs> it's that. okay but it's been there for for years and i mean billy eilish has played there like mm-hmm. huge artists and At the beginning, middle and, you know, at all different parts of their careers have played. And it's kind of an intimate venue, Um, you know, like I think Lana Del Rey has played there and like a bunch of older iconic artists, too, back in the day. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of just this um, this little gem in the middle of Hollywood that music people gravitate toward. And there's always some songwriter showcase there and just cool things happening. So that place I loved. Um, I also performed at, um, another place I really loved is this place called peppermint club. This is, um, on Beverly in West Hollywood. And it's a club that was, uh, or kind of like partnered with, I don't know, you know, the ownership situation, but I think it's by, um, Sony or something. They have like some okay. partnership with it. So it's a very, um, music, focused venue as well. Um, you know, for the music industry, um, it's also just like a fun environment that in the atmosphere, um, is decorated really, you know, old Hollywood vibe. Um, but yeah, so that, that place is really fun and has the whole stage set up and like a green room and the whole thing. So that was really cool. And then I've also played at the mint, which is like kind of another little mini, um, you know, place that people have, played out throughout the years and throughout different points in their career and that's also in hollywood yeah that's pretty cool
1: that's pretty cool i like that yeah um you know and like because we like when we were in our band like we played the viper room we played the
2: the viper room and like knitting factory and those yeah 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 Yeah. i haven't done those yet but i yeah i will eventually I kind of oh, took yeah. a pause during COVID because, yeah. you know, of course COVID happened. So I yeah. stopped performing, but yeah. Yeah. we'll get it down the road sometime. Yeah. yeah. By the yeah. end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's yes. a lot going on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, there
1: is a lot going on. I, but before we move on to like your, your, your acting, mm-hmm. um, can you, can you do like a little, just a little bit of sure. a tune?
2: Yeah. Oh, I'm going to use my table. Okay. In no sunshine when he's gone. It's not warm when he's away. In no sunshine when he's gone. And this house just ain't no home. Anytime he goes away. That's my little
1: snippet for you today wow that's really you. cool
2: that was really that... great <laughs> thank okay. you
1: I I you know when I taught acting and yeah. somebody would come up and say hey I'm a singer I go okay go ahead and do it and he was like <laughs> huh I said look man you're in Hollywood baby if 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 you're gonna say you do something, other than a filmmaker and you've got a camera in the back and you go action, right? (laughs) If you're a a musician or a singer, you got to be ready at a drop of a hat just to be like, okay, boom, here it is. And, and that's, yeah, that's the one thing that I really, really admire about singing Mm. because acting is one thing singing i think is a is a whole to me different like level in when you sing it's like part of your soul i think
2: yeah i um, mean i totally yeah the i the whole performing thing it's so fun and so exhilarating it's also extremely stressful to me. And, you know, it's very nerve wracking and anxiety ridden. And when you get nervous and you're on stage and you like see a bunch of people, you start breathing heavy and you're like, this is going to affect my singing. And I can't right. make it till I make it. Cause I have to breathe in order to sing. And, right. you know, so there's all those things happening and there's just so much adrenaline rushing through your body, but you want, you want to stay calm, but you're so excited. And like, there's so many things happening that it's at times super hard to feel grounded, at least for me um, in that space, just because you're right. It is so like, here's my whole soul, like unedited. I can't, you know, turn this way and you you don't see this side of my face. It's like everything out in the open. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Wow. That's so, that's... and I don't think, you know, I, I think people that listen to the podcast, I think they kind of get a flavor of, of, you know, the different creative aspects of the entertainment industry, but to be able to really hear like, like what it's like for a performer, like a singer, because it is, it's different to be an actor. But, you know, it's almost like when you go out on stage as an actor, and I'm sure you can attest to this stuff, too, is um, it's, you know, it's being on stage is on stage, whether you're right. an actor or a singer, but actor is a little bit more deep because that's like, you know, at least as an actor, you're like, oh, no, I meant to do that. That was into my character, you know, I, I missed that line or I wasn't supposed to do something. Right. Right. You just, just got to go with it. Right. When you're on stage.
2: Yeah. I mean, they always, my, my old teacher used to say, you know, if you make a mistake, make it big, make it intentional and keep going, you know, like, cause with singing, it's like, you miss a note, you miss a note. And you just, you know, just keep rolling with it and be like, yeah, oops. <laughs> keep going. <laughs>
1: that's awesome that's awesome
2: no human is perfect you know so yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. and I think I think in that too is like the sweetness of of the creative process because Mm -hmm. very rarely I think people will come up unless they know you and they really know you and they go man you shouldn't have missed that note but (laughs) very rarely people will come up and they go oh my god you're such a great singer you're such an a great actor and they don't point out all the stuff that we as creative people beat ourselves up about
2: oh man oh man i know that would happen to me all the time and that i mean it still does anytime i hear something i'm like oh but i know what could have like been better or more tight or this or that and someone's like great job and i'm like they, they don't actually think I did a good job. They know, like they saw, you know, and I'll be like, well, I missed this and da, 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 And they're yeah. like, what? And I'm like,
0: I oh It's because <laughs> the outsider is more experiencing it. Right. And they're not thinking about every note or did she hit every move in that dance thing? They're just taken <laughs> up by the performance and the right. beauty of it. But we're like, oh man, I can't believe they like that. Like that that scene was cut like one second extra like they right. thought that dialogue right. was funny i hated writing that i did right. it as a joke to make the to make fun of myself but <laughs> people are like no that line was great you know and, yeah. and so getting into that when did the whole like acting bug as we call it bite you
2: well that's a good question too so at my dance studio when i was I don't, maybe eight or nine, they had this open casting call for some untitled project that they were casting. And, um, I auditioned, I was like, Hey mom, my, my dancer was having an audition. She was like, yeah, sure. Have fun. Um, got the part, filmed this whole pilot. And it was one of the most fun experiences of my life. And I was like, mom, I need to be on a set, whatever that means. Like, can (laughs) I, can I get an agent Uh, or whatever I need to do? And um, she like arranged some meeting with a friend of a friend's aunt or something who was an agent and signed me um, when I was super young. And at that time it was just fun to me. You know, I was like, I feel so alive. I didn't, you know, I guess have necessarily these, more reflective feelings back then when I was nine but I just felt so fearless and I didn't care what anybody thought about me and I was just having so much fun and so present and then I think when you become an adult and reality hits and you start caring about what people think about you and all those things you know your relationship is to it changes and you're like wait what I thought this was just fun and then there's so much else that comes with it you know
1: yeah 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 that's the unfortunate part is you know i i know when when i was doing the acting thing like i got burned out because mm. i had you know because being being in los angeles and i will say this all the time when you watch entertainment tonight that is not what it is right. to pursue your dream that is after yeah. you get your tv show your sitcom and this and that right. and the other thing but 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 between then and and you have like two, maybe three jobs, you know, you, right. you go to auditions, you go to like, you know, acting class, dance class, right. music, you know, all that stuff. And you just get burned out. And, and it is, it is so absolutely amazingly fun, right? Yeah. To, to be on stage and to be up there and just to be able to create. um, That's the beautiful part. The not so beautiful part is the in between like right. waiting for gigs and doing this and do yeah. right and so that's the you know that's yeah the, that's the part but i right. i tell you lizzie listening to you i mean it, it's really inspirational because we get we we get to talk to people and creatives who who have this this second life of being a creator right yeah and And to me, to listen to that, that inspires me to be better and to do better. And I think that is what uh, maybe, I mean, it's not like we should do, but I think that's what we should do. We should do our best and Mm -hmm. inspire people, however that looks like. And, and, you know, the front facing is us, you know, you're doing your music and stuff and, and doing acting. Um, but but behind the scenes it is, man. We we beat ourselves up. I've I've done it. Yeah. I know Eric, you know, we've talked a lot about you know like beating each other up in our minds. Oh, and I
0: constantly do You know, I'm doing yeah, it right thanks. now, you know. But yeah. Because yeah. the editing stuff, right? Just um that and just other things. But I'm just saying the point is we're always going to be our own worst critics when really we should be our biggest fans instead of that but you know it's like every time we look in the mirror we should go wow I'm actually doing it instead of we always see the faults like there are a million writer directors who are better than me and I'm okay with that it's just I'm too stupid to admit then I'm not as good as other people, which is why I have a career because I keep going. And there are way more talented people than me who never take that step forward in trying to do what they what they're put on earth to do. Now I want to, you know, get with the acting thing with you. So one of yeah. your first big things was being at. What was it like setting onto the set of Santa Claus three as one of your first big yeah. things? I mean, what yeah. was going
2: through your mind during that whole process? Just like pure joy. Honestly, I, I, it was so exciting and I was a little kid. So anytime I got to be on a set, I felt so lucky. Um, It didn't matter like what, the project was or who was in it or what star was in it. I was just like, I get to be on a set today. This is so fun, yeah. you know? Um, but it was crazy because, you know, we, I walked in to get my hair and makeup done and there, it was in this like warehouse. And I think there was probably like a hundred little kids who were elves. Cause I played an elf right, and, yeah. <laughs> um, and we're all getting like rows and rows and rows of like hair done makeup done like prosthetic ears like glitter put on her face and it was like the most kids i've ever seen in one place it was like a factory but a, a good a well, yeah, a well- yeah, yeah, yeah. A factory um <laughs> of just like kids in these ridiculous elf costumes like as though this was just our normal day you know and i was like this is awesome it and was what so was it
0: like when you hit the because they didn't let you see the set so you saw the set. What was that like?
2: I mean, it was so magical. We took a golf cart. I was on a golf cart with Tim Allen and Martin Short, which oh was Oh my really gosh. Cool. and Anne Margaret. Wow. So that was oh. I was with my mom and and at the time, you know, I kind of knew these people, but my mom is sitting next to me and she's like, "Honey, you have no idea who are on How a golf big cart
0: with." Right yeah. You know,
2: and I had like one line that I think, you know, it was like the smallest little thing, but I was sitting next to these actors, just talking to them and they were giving me advice and they were like, keep going, you know, believe in yourself. Like it was just a really cool so moment. Great. Wow. Yeah. And then we walked on set and it was literally a magical land. You know, it was literally like you would imagine the North pole, but in real life. Um, so that was crazy. And yeah. And I remember in between takes, cause I had to do some motion where I was like wiping the table or like picking up hot cocoa or something, um, and margaret said something to me like, I, I don't know, just like encouraging me to continue going and like, so you know, just enjoying every moment and, and feeling lucky to be on set and just, you know, believing in myself. And I was like, this is so awesome. And now I look at it, I was like, what a beautiful moment. You know, it's like a yeah. cute little Santa Claus movie, yeah. but it was so cool to just watch them even.
0: That's so great. And it shows, you know, why the three of them always work because they're just good people. They could have not given you the time of day, you know, why should, you know, those three icons give a kid, they could have just stuck up their noses, not make any contact with you, but they realize the future of their industry, you know, those yeah. little kids, you know, and you have to feed into them.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. They were so kind. So kind.
1: What, what part now everybody's like, Oh, Santa Claus three. I watch it. And obviously I watch it every time it comes on. So um, <laughs> around the holiday season, what part are you in? Are okay. You in several.
2: I'm going to be honest. I filmed a good amount and yeah. I did some lines pretty sure they were all cut out.
1: Oh, <laughs> so okay. Man.
2: You know, it's okay. But we I was like in it in this part where I I don't even I'll have to look back on it. I haven't watched it in years to be honest. Um, but it's a scene where Martin Short is talking to Tim Allen and I'm in like right before they have some discussion and they're like I'm there, like
1: okay. Talking.
2: But yeah, I had I had lines. I don't know if they're in there anymore, which, you know, happens. It's OK. Oh, yeah.
1: And and <laughs> for people who are like, what, what that right? really happens. You can shoot like oh, you yeah. can go on set. You can work two weeks, three weeks. Right. You can have a couple you can have a couple lines. You can have a couple pages of dialogue. And right. then you Higher watch it.
0: characters and plot lines can be cut right. out you know yeah totally. like there's this slasher movie set in the 80s where there's supposed to be this new rookie cop mm-hmm. and you know the director's really good friends with the guy but somehow all that
2: guy's scenes got cut out of the movie
0: man what a poor it just dude
2: happens. i mean right? this case, Wait. You know, it was a disney movie so they have a lot of requirements yeah. from, i don't think my few lines were super integral to the plot line but you know <laughs> I would argue they they could have been, but it's okay. All my friends are like, no, we see you. You're there. You're like engaging with them. That's cool. Like, okay, whatever.
1: Wait, is that when, is that when Martin Short was Frost?
2: Yes, yes. No
1: way. Okay, I'm gonna be looking <laughs> at that.
2: I think it's like right before he becomes Frost or something. I don't know. We'll have to do a refresh. Or clearly, I need. That's to, cool. To no, no,
1: this is good. I'm gonna go. I now. I'm now. I should probably pull up Disney Plus and be like, <laughs> okay, let's do this because that's cool. But you know, being in it and talking about it, though, yeah. like looking back, and and you're still in it, obviously, right? Yeah. But looking back being an actor I probably wouldn't have changed anything as as Um, as good and as frustrating as it was for me right um what what's it been like for you how do you how do you work out or what do you do during the down times to to get out of your head
2: yeah well I think I really worked on um like rebuilding my or reconstructing my relationship to my creativity. Cause I think for a while I had so much pressure on it and I felt like I have to succeed or I'm a failure and like, you know, the world is over, um, which on one hand, I guess could drive you, but I think for me, it became, um, it became clear that I needed to like rebalance and find a way to come back to just loving what I was doing instead of worrying about the outcome or making my managers happy or whoever else, you know, and everyone was, has been super kind, but I think it's just, you feel a really intense pressure. Um, So I personally felt like I needed to kind of shift my focus for a little bit and find a way to fall back in love with my creativity, which I really have. And I think it's because I've built Balance more balance into my life and um taken off some of the pressure. I still like pressure. I still like to push myself and really be committed to the things I'm doing and very intentional. Um, but for me, it felt like to rebuild a healthy relationship was important. So I guess in my downtime or my other time, I am a therapist, which yeah. has um, allowed me to heal myself a lot. And as I heal others and learn about other people. I think personally, it really informs my work as an actor, writing songs in the room. I mean, we joke when I'm in the room with other songwriters, like people will joke, oh, that makes up so, so much sense. You're a therapist. It's the exact same thing as songwriting. Like they're basically um, the same experience. If yeah. And that sounds crazy maybe, but I really do I feel really. that way. Like psychology, talking to people, learning about the human consciousness and subconscious and brain is so and behavior is everything that like creativity and feeling and connection are about so to me they really make a lot of sense and I think my work as a therapist doesn't take away from my work as an actor and a musician but actually adds some other layer that wouldn't maybe have been there if I hadn't done this yeah
1: yeah which which makes sense because you know I mean as an actor you you know you hear about like all these actors they get into their role Christian Bale's Joaquin Phoenix is of the world and and it, it makes perfect sense and I'm glad this is a nice little segue into like what you do um therapy wise yeah so um,
0: what made you choose dad as another career
2: um I've always been a nerd <laughs> I love school I love books I love talking. I, I love talking to people. I love connecting with people. Um and I think mental health has always been something that I've felt was very important. I've had my own experiences with it. I've watched friends and family and you know people around me have challenges with it. So it always felt like something I knew I wanted to get involved in at some point in life. And in high school um or sorry, college, I volunteered for this suicide prevention organization and, um, became a certified suicide prevention counselor. And the work just felt so important. I was like, this is another part of my purpose or my brain or something that I can't ignore because clearly I'm drawn to it for a reason. Um, so that's kind of what pushed me to, to choose that specifically. Um, and I, I really deeply and passionate about mental health and sharing it with people having conversations normalizing you know difficult conversations and um just like knowing who you are and like learning about yourself so I think that that's really why I chose what I chose and it's I'm gonna
0: say cool. thank you for that I've talked often about my Mental health struggles on the show. Probably I'm too open about a lot of my stuff, but
2: thank you for being open. I think we're
0: getting to the point where it's it used to be this a shameful thing in people's minds to admit that yeah, I battle depression. Sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I don't want to do anything or And I think the other thing is because I worked with teenagers a lot in my church that I was a part of. And I learned quickly that the face of depression, Mm -hmm. sure. We always think that it's that person who looks depressed. That's one of it. But the other face of depression is Robin Williams, you know, Chris Farley, the big up personalities that are the life of the party. And when with kids, I've noticed that too. Like, we had kids who were everything going for them, but were also really down on themselves. And I think we're finally at that point where people aren't ashamed of their scars, their mental health scars. And mm-hmm. I'm happy about that. I just think yeah. we need to keep it going where we're not completely not ashamed because we're almost there. You know, but it's still because people feel, well, you know, I don't come from a bad home environment. I don't have any toxic stuff in my life. My depression isn't real or right. my anxiety attacks aren't real. But no, they are no matter what. If yeah. you've got that chemical imbalance, your depression and anxiety is real.
2: Well, yeah. And also I will say like pain is pain. You know, of course we can always put our lives into perspective and be grateful for what we do have and recognize that, you know, compared to a lot of people in the world, like I'm sure we feel very lucky to like have a place to live and have food and have water and all those things. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, pain is pain and our body processes pain as pain. It's not like, oh, this is a less degree level of pain, or this isn't as, you know, serious of a pain. So I'm not going to, you know, feel that way. Like, I really think everybody has their own challenges. And just because somebody may be in a fortunate position doesn't diminish the fact that they may be struggling mentally with something. Exactly. Vice versa, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: You hit the nail right on the head with that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting
1: because now, you know, like what? In your opinion, Lizzie, is the, because it seems like more and more, like, mm-hmm. you know, in the last couple of years, not counting maybe COVID, but maybe counting yeah. COVID, it even started even before then to right. get more, um, more well-known, but more and more people are struggling with it. Mm-hmm. What What is the rise, do you think?
2: Um, yeah I think that's a great question I don't know that I necessarily have the total accurate answer in my opinion I think one COVID shed light on a lot of challenges societally you know internationally things that we were all finally kind of put the attention on that and we all kind of saw it maybe for the first time some people Um, also just like interpersonally people in their own homes with people like family dynamics and relationship dynamics, all those things are brought to the surface when you're spending 24 hours a day living Mm -hmm. with someone in a Mm -hmm. controlled environment where you don't have your normal life to return to, and you're not going to work and you know, X, Y, and Z. So I think one, all those things were just kind of brought to the surface because of COVID. And I also think the effects of COVID and isolation and fear and anxiety surrounding health and the state of the world. And, you know, everything that happened with the black lives matter movement and all these things, you know, people felt anxious, like for a value, like for a valid reason. Yeah. So I yeah. think some of that is left over too of, there was a lot of fear in people and a lot of worry and anxiety about just like their lives, the lives of their loved ones, the state of the world. So that has lasting effects you know um yeah. almost like a a two year period of i won't call it trauma but like a very unique experience that mm-hmm. you have to like process right i think people are still processing it yeah and
1: that's heavy wow wow mm-hmm. wow um what what are some of the things because now you know mm-hmm. people now people are like oh wait I, I'm a little bit, you know, anxious and I do feel, what are some, is there easy ways to help with anxiety, to help cope with what people are going through and have experienced? And is there a way to feel normal? I don't know if that's,
2: I think I know what you mean. I mean, I want to say one other thing quickly, which is just that I think also too, a positive of COVID is that since more people were sharing on the internet and social media about struggling with whatever it was, it made people feel like, okay, I can share too, or it's normal for me to identify that maybe I do feel anxiety or or whatever else it was. So that's another thing that I think was positive, um, kind of just normalizing that we all struggle, um, you know? And then in terms of that, I mean, you know, anxiety, on like in terms of just like helping yourself with tools is that kind of what you're asking? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because I think people just want to go, how can I how what can I do right now to make my fit self feel better? Right. If there's a way.
2: Yeah. I mean I think it's tough because every person is so unique and some people really gravitate to meditation. Other people need to exercise other people need to journal. Like certain tools work better for certain people and your preferences and lived experience and you know, all that. Um, but I will say, I think always acknowledging what's happening to you. So if it's like even naming in your body, like, okay, where in my body am I feeling this anxiety is like my stomach feeling really tight. Am I having a hard time breathing? Are my hands shaking, like identifying and naming that and putting awareness to that rather than being like, oh no, I'm freaking out overload. What's happening. It can feel so chaotic to not have that connection between my mind is feeling stressed or anxious and my body is how do i get those things to like align so i think one is acknowledging okay i think i'm starting to feel anxious like where is this in my body let me figure that out identify that it can be super simple of like you know my chest feels really tight okay then when you figure that out either doing like a deep breathing going on a walk but i think it just helps you to be grounded and be like aware of what you're experiencing rather than like, Oh no, this scary thing is happening to me and I don't know what to do. And it's out of control. What's going to happen. And being like, okay, I'm dealing with anxiety right now. Okay. I can get on board with that. Now I can figure out where in my body is this happening like, step by step kind of slowing it down. Cause I think with anxiety, we can get so swept away of like, Oh no, am I going to have a panic attack? Is something bad going to happen? I can't breathe. Like what's, you know, you kind of get into this like spiral, um, so even just like pausing and finding where in your body it is and just even acknowledging like, okay, my chest is really tight right now. I'm just going to like, let that happen without right. needing to do anything or fix it or, you know, find the best remedy. Like, I'm just going to acknowledge that this is even happening to me right now instead of fighting it. Right. right. You know what I mean?
1: Wow. That's, yes. wow. that's pretty absolutely amazing. And there's one thing that I didn't realize because yeah. everybody they they have anxiety and they deal with things but you just said it there's ways that and I would assume that if if you don't know how you deal with it but you could do journaling yeah and if, if, if if that jives with you and because right. I think and correct me if I'm wrong because I yeah. don't know but I think once people start to do something, they get a sense of, no, I, this is not really right. working and let me Absolutely. kind of move on.
2: Absolutely. Right? I think it's helpful for people to start with something like a walk outside. Most people respond well to something like that, like getting yeah. out of their environment, yeah. getting into nature, sunlight, fresh yeah. air. But right. yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like everybody has certain things that work for them and don't. I have some clients who love journaling and love to use it and other clients who absolutely dislike it don't want to use it right so it's like just depends
1: yeah yeah and and then and i you know actually one way that i do de-stress and eric knows this every time i go out for a walk Uh because i you know i'm at my computer all the time i go for a walk and that's the time i call eric and go eric what about this yeah what about
2: Um, all your ideas come Right, right
1: and and you know you you step away and you don't really realize it until you start talking to, to people, you know, yeah. about those are the kind of things. And then you start to realize you like, you know what? Yeah. 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 That's why I, you know, I feel better walking. I feel, you know, free all this other stuff. So that's right. You
2: that's, free your mind to be able to think about other things.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wow. Wow. Yeah. Truth bomb. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> i love it i'm yes. like hey.
1: yes um yeah now and so now to go back to the creative side yeah and and this really helps because you know i mean creators in general i think are very anxiety ridden obviously you know yeah what can <laughs> what and and me as well but what what can creators do two, man, you just got to go with it. And it's easy for me to say, you got to go with the flow. <laughs>
2: right? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's yeah. tough. Like, I, I think I'm still trying to figure that out for myself. Yeah. But one thing I've learned for myself specifically, and I don't know if this resonates with other people, but if I get caught up in comparing myself to other people and where they're at, or what they've accomplished, or, you know, I get lost in then just focusing on the external component, you know, feeling like, oh, I haven't, you know, done enough and I'm so far behind. So that is a really toxic mindset for me to get into. So I try to really either if it's like writing this down, saying this in my head or out loud and just using this as like a grounding force of remembering to stay and trust my own path and my Mm. own Yeah. You know, and letting go of trying to be on anyone else's journey or that person's timeline or what they're doing or what article they got written about, you know, who cares? Like great for other people. Amazing. In fact, let that inspire you and like stay focused on your own journey and where you are. And if it doesn't make sense to other people, that's okay. It doesn't have to, but it has to make sense to you. So I think that for me has been like a grounding force whenever I feel myself you know, getting into that negative spiral, which I'm guilty of, or getting down on myself, feeling like I haven't done enough, or I'm not working hard enough, or, you know, X, Y, and Z, which I know I've said before, but it's just like coming back to like, I'm on my path. I'm on my journey. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And this is what matters. And I need to put my energy and my focus here.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. well it's that old it's like i was literally having this conversation with someone i you that my well a young person at my church a few weeks ago who's mm. just getting into the film industry and i told them you can't compare your chapter one to someone right. else's chapter 10 you know right. you have to be happy with where you're at and that's that's tough. It's not easy to do at all. Right. It's something you have to train yourself to do and all honestly.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I saw this quote actually the other day that was like, you know, you five years ago would be so proud of where you are now.
0: Exactly.
2: Ooh. And so I'm like focusing on that sort of thing, like comparing you to you, have you made progress? Are you proud of where you are? Are mm-hmm. you feeling like you're putting in enough work? Like, do you feel Aligned with the people that are around you, you know, like, is, I think those questions and putting it toward yourself and comparing you to you is much better and healthier, at least for me. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's
1: heavy to think about, you know? Wow. Wow. Wow.
0: Lizzie, you're really amazing.
2: Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah. And we it's just, again, so lovely talking to both of you. We just, you... again,
0: want to thank you so much for coming on as we're starting to wrap up, you know, yeah. our door is always open for you to come back on. Do you have anything you want to plug really quick oh, in yeah. the last few minutes?
2: Yeah, well, feel free. Anyone to follow me on Instagram and or TikTok. Um, at Lizzie YYY. So Lizzie with three Ys small. Um, because I, I have post my little updates there. My TikTok has now been infiltrated with like music stuff, but also therapy oh, stuff, little, little cool. chats. Nice. So if you want like talks about therapy and things like that or little tidbits, um, I will be releasing a song in the near future. Oh, okay. So stay tuned. I'm working on getting all of that on my end and order and finishing up the artwork and things like that. So sometime this year, a new song will be, will be yours.
0: Very <laughs> excited. And again, Man. all of your, all of Lizzie's links will be in the description if you're listening in on anchor and when the episode goes up, we will link to everything on our social media. Um, Larry, yeah, anything you want to say in our closing minutes?
1: Yes, Lizzie, this has been probably the best talk like creatively I think that that we've had in a while um it's always good to talk to musicians and actors and it it's just it's man I just go on and on it's been really really good thank you for being a blessing thank you, thank oh, you so
0: it. much again for coming on Thank you. um like we said everybody all of lizzie's um stuff will be in the description below on anchor and we will tag her in everything we do lizzie just thank you so much again for coming on and everybody like we say each and every week remember support our troops